0: So, Stephen A., I, I'm finding it hard to appreciate this as
1: punishment fitting the crime. Well, I think that you're wrong. You're finding it hard to appreciate. I'm sorry, I'm finding it impossible. Mm. Good morning, and welcome to episode 251 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. We are going to talk about baseball. Uh, what's your topic?
0: Uh, gosh, <laughs> I don't know how to distill it. Uh huh. Uh, so I guess I'm going to talk about baseball.
1: Okay. Uh, me too. I think I'm going to talk about. Uh, or I guess together we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> picking picking a narrative for the Nationals. Uh, short term or or long term. Uh, for this for this season. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay, sure. Um, well, uh, gosh. <laughs> uh, let's go with mine first.
1: Okay.
0: All right. So I'm uh, stealing my topic from a reader named Andrew, um, who, and, and, well, okay. So he says uh, he, he asked us what moment or game in baseball history that, if it occurred today in 2013, would set the world aflutter more than any other, i.e., blow up the Twitterverse. Uh, cause ESPN's debate shows to freak out, etc. Debating it, um, and I wanted to answer this because right now we're in the middle of two freakouts. Um, we're in the middle of the Ryan Braun slash biogenesis freakout, um, and we're in the middle of the A-Rod Yankees freakout. And these are both huge freakouts. Sure. I would say more related,
1: bigger related freakouts.
0: We don't know that for sure yet. I mean, it's we don't know how much of the Yankees A Rod thing is biogenesis related, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it could emerge that he's like negotiating a suspension or something and that the Yankees are stalling or whatever. Um, but we don't know that it, it, there's nothing that you know gives us any real evidence of that. I mean, is it, they could be completely independent, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's you,
1: it's getting weirder and weirder. <laughs>
0: it is getting weirder and weirder. It's super duper weird. Yes. I would say that these are both freakouts. Uh, these are these might be bigger freakouts than we've had in some number of years, um, going on simultaneously.
1: Maybe uh, I don't know if that's recency effect or not. That we're just uh, that we're. It's hard to know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, so I – because of this, I I wanted to know what – I I think it's a really interesting question and it is fun to imagine some events from the past um, in the current climate, how they would be responded to and so – I wanted to know if, if you had any that were that, that come to mind as things that would be big freakouts either positive or negative and whether in discussing this we will kind of zero in on what makes for a good freakout. So, do I wanna, don't know.
1: Do you want to read Andrew's top 5? I want
0: to I want to save them. I want to save them till the end. Mm. Okay. Do you uh, do you um, have any? Do you have a top 5? Do you
1: I don't did you- I don't have a top 5. Uh,
0: do, you, do you have a top one or do you have anything you want to say? Do you feel like saying anything tonight? <laughs>
1: um, I'm, I'm thinking about saying some things. I don't, I don't really have a, a top one prepared for this. Yeah. Do you, do you have, have you thought about it at length?
0: I, I've thought about it somewhat and I've thought about what sorts of – particularly I think maybe I looked at it from the perspective of what I would be doing if these things happened today, how I would respond to it. Um, so I basically came up with seven that I think would be particularly fun in this era, and one of them is Jackie Robinson. And so I'm I'm just going to say that because you don't nothing really needs right. to be said about that. I mean, obviously, if something like Jackie Robinson had there's a, there's basically no probably way for Jackie Robinson to happen in this culture, right? But well, it would you be, could have
1: a player come out that will happen, and that will be a big story when that happens.
0: You could, and not to minimize that, but I think that the Jackie Robinson. I, I don't. I think the Jackie Robinson thing is sort of historic in a way that nothing else can really ever be historic mm-hmm. in our culture, uh, in baseball. So uh, you can, and I think that it will be a big deal, um, a bigish deal, but uh, not quite. I, I, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't want to minimize anything, but it doesn't seem like it's quite Jackie Robinson. So, mm-hmm. but Jackie Robinson is just so obvious it barely even needs to be mentioned, right? Right. So I think that. Um, that Johnny Vandermeer's second no hitter would have a sort of Sharknado type effect by about like the fourth inning. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it would be pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So that, uh, yeah. That,
1: I feel like that only lasts for one news cycle. It There's no, doesn't really have legs. You can't really.
0: Yeah. These are all kind of different things. What I'm thinking of are all sort of different things. Some of them are news cycles. Some of them are like entire season debates. And some of them are just like, you know, a two-hour blow-up, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that Johnny Vandermeer, if something like that happened even, you know, today, even if it was just a match, Johnny Vandermeer, I think that uh, we would all get extremely excited. Um, maybe more, probably more than any one game could be, Uh you know, other than maybe something totally unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Um, So that might be like the pinnacle of what one game could be as far Mm -hmm. as watching is seeing a guy go for maybe like maybe a second perfect game or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe on par would be uh, Carrie Wood's start, which is I I think probably without much question, the, the greatest start ever
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and so i think that that would be a big blow up thing i mean i am I'm imagining that there would probably be uh an average of 35 gifts per <laughs> yeah, per site right for that for that game
1: i just thought of uh, one that seems almost as obvious as jackie robinson um what is it ray chapman yeah i don't know that, if that's on your list but
0: it's not on my list but it was i thought about it and it it's interesting because what what i kind of what what um, kept me from putting that on is i didn't really know how how we would react i don't know if it would be a soul searching thing or if it would just be like kind of a standard like morning thing if it were just a standard morning thing then i'm not sure how big a deal it would be but if it were like a we need to change the game now sort of thing and i I think it's reasonable that it might be a we need to change the game now sort of thing because if we have
1: a if it if it were a thing that that had almost happened before uh and there had been stuff written about how it could happen again and how the league needs to do something to stop something terrible from happening and then it happened without something having been done whether it's You know, it could be a a pitcher getting hit by a line drive, and every time that happens, people say, well, you need to find some sort of protective insert uh, for caps so that this doesn't happen again. Uh, So either that or, I don't know, like a a broken bat impaling someone, although they have taken steps to to reduce the number of broken bats. Um, So something like that where there have been close calls before and people have Said that we need to do something and nothing was done. Then I feel like there would be a, a very big deal.
0: Yeah, and the I mean, people. I mean, we we I I mean I wasn't alive back then, obviously. But it feels like we talk about the threat of death a lot more now. Like like we are, as a culture, I think a lot more squeamish about dying in accidents. You know, liability is such a huge thing now, um, in a way that it. I don't get the sense that it was in previous generations. You know, we don't – I don't know if it's because we didn't live through World War One and World War II or if it's just because we're, you know, raised in general uh, affluence and, and all that. But basically, I mean, we are much more squeamish about danger now than I think ever – that we ever were. And so, you know, pretty much everything that is risky about baseball has been – written about a lot and so there's a ton like you say there's a ton of stuff that has been written about any accident that is going to occur Mm -hmm. and some accident i mean if they play long enough some accidents going to occur it's just a fact if they play long enough someone's going to have a terrible accident on the field Mm -hmm. so it might be the case that there would be i mean one of the ways that i thought about this question is um what sorts of events in baseball's past would require the most hot takes you know (laughs) yeah like, like you've uh, you've seen the hot take uh, <laughs> meme have. going around yes. about the Ryan Braun. Sub. I think we started and it so- with
1: our with our Matt Garza hot hot takes the other day.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I was thinking about what would inspire the hottest takes yeah. or the most pressure to come up with hot takes. And yeah, the Ray Chapman would would inspire some hot takes
1: and for they're, sure. And there th- I, I guess, I'm kind of thinking of like what would be a bigger story now than it was at the time, because I mean something like. Like uh, the Black Sox scandal would be an enormous story now, but was an enormous story at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. So
0: yeah, no, I agree. And so I didn't really want to include the Black Sox for that mm-hmm. for that reason. Although the one thing about the uh, the Black Sox now is that I feel like if it happened now, we would all have the most fun rewatching that World Series and mm, trying yes. to find evidence. Just think of how many <laughs> articles or yes. how many gifts you could get out of that. Uh, that was another way I, I looked at this is like what would produce the most gifts mm-hmm. and the Black Sox thing happening now would be this great like uh, like group uh, detective work that we would all be doing. I think it would actually be a ton of fun yeah. to go back and like sort of like forensic scientists try to figure out like which – like where is the – where do these players sacrifice a half step? How good are they at, at mm-hmm. camouflaging it? What can you say for sure was a lack of effort and what wasn't? I mean, it would be a lot of fun to use Pitch FX mm-hmm. on the pitchers and try to figure out just what it means to not try. I think we would actually probably learn a lot about baseball yeah. watching with the tools that we have now. <laughs> now
1: I'm, I'm rooting for someone to start throwing some games. Oh, this it would, would be, be fun. dynamite. It would be dynamite.
0: I mean it needs to be over the course of a nine-game series and preferably with eight or so players because uh, you need a big enough sample. (laughs) So yeah, it would be awesome. Uh, I think the first year of free agency – although it's hard to say because the first year of free agency would be huge now. But only if you knew what was coming. Like I I think at the time – I mean I have read a lot of articles, contemporary articles for other pieces and you know they're like it's like a news story the AP covers it like this guy's a free agent this team is going to look at this guy and all that but it's like it's almost like nobody really quite knows how to how to how to calibrate it you know they just don't know if it's a big thing or not and so it took it took a lot of years for the hot stove to capture our attention mm-hmm. as it is and so it might actually be the case that if we had never had free agency even if we had twitter and all that that we wouldn't make a big enough deal about it mm-hmm. So maybe not. Maybe I should take that one off. Um, I think that the uh, the Ted Williams Joe DiMaggio MVP race in 1941 mm-hmm. uh, would have been extremely uh, bitter, and there would have been a lot of fighting um, because you know it was a 400 hitter in the 56 game game hitting streak, and uh, they were you know close enough that I think you know people would dig in and uh, be very passionate about it, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that you would see the stat heads come out extremely passionately uh, in favor of Ted Williams and mm-hmm. there would be a lot of, I think a lot of uh, kind of uh, uh, you know minimizing what Joe DiMaggio did. Um, and also in thinking about this, I didn't realize this, but there was another guy who got a first place vote that year. So this is a little thing I discovered today named Thornton Lee, mm-hmm. who I've never heard of. Wow. Uh, and Thornton Lee got one first place vote and he actually, uh, according to baseball reference, produced more war than DiMaggio that year huh. as a pitcher. He went 300 innings, 2.37 ERA, a uh, whopping in 300 innings. He struck out 130 and walked 92. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got one first place vote um, and finished fourth.
1: But the, uh, I mean, the DiMaggio hit streak... Which of course was also huge at the time uh, would be even huger now. I mean we'd be we'd have every every network breaking into coverage to bring you his at bats live, and it would just be huge. And I feel like the pressure would be crushing. Um, maybe in a well, it was then too. So
0: yeah, it's hard to know because they all talk about how crushing it was, yes. and they all lost their hair and all that. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is that we haven't had. A real record chase in the Twitter age. Nobody is really. Maybe it's because offense has gone down, and kind of in a way, uh, the the very top pitchers have gone up in a way. Right, like the best pitchers these days are not as good as the best pitchers were in the nineties, mm-hmm. and so we haven't seen a lot of extreme performances. But we really haven't seen a record chase in the Twitter age. The closest thing is Miguel Cabrera's Triple Crown, which was almost a non-event. And I don't know if that's just because people don't care about batting average and so on these days, or if it's because the Triple Crown, it's not really... Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of guys have been close, and so maybe people are kind of not into it until it happens, but... um, it's hard to know exactly how big a record chase would be. Like, wh- how big would Maris be? I thought about that, and I wasn't sure, but it seems like it was plenty big at the time. How big would Hank Aaron be? I don't know, but it was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could, I I don't know, I, I could maybe envision the DiMaggio streak actually being less of a big deal, maybe, because we would just get we would talk about it so much that we'd get bored of it maybe. I mean, I'm not – probably not, but I could maybe see the case where – like, it just becomes, like, it just takes up a lot of oxygen. Maybe when he breaks the record, the hitting streak would be a big deal. But by, like, you know, by 50, 51, 52, 53, it would be less of a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, nobody was paying attention to Cal Ripken's eighty like fifth game, mm-hmm. right? So maybe with DiMaggio, probably not, though. It probably would have been a big deal. So I, t- I take it back. <laughs> I take back my Egyptian. A- <laughs> but my, my 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 number one answer, my number one answer, my number one event that I think would be absolutely bananas in a way that it wasn't at the time, even though it was huge. Uh, do you have a guess? Do you have a guess for what my number one answer is?
1: Uh, uh,
0: I mean, I just think it would be insanity mm. all the time and so much fun and gifable and lots of debate and, like, lots of everything. Tell me. In fact, I think it would actually change the way People consumed baseball for a few months. Michael Jordan playing baseball.
1: Yeah, that would be big. Um. Huh. Okay. Uh. Yeah. I guess so. I I mean, we'd people. Well, would it be? I mean, it was. It was big. Uh, It was big. It was big,
0: but you couldn't see it. You could only see SportsCenter. You could see twenty seconds on SportsCenter every night. Right. There. There was nothing you could do. So now that we have. M I L B dot TV or whatever, mm-hmm. and now that you know, it's very easy to just broadcast. I mean, there's there's probably channels, there's probably satellite channels that do nothing but broadcast. Uh, uh, what? It, where was he? Birmingham. Yeah, Double A. Yeah, uh, that does nothing but broadcast their games. I mean, there's there's you'd have so much access to it. You'd have uh, his splits. You'd have gifts of every play he made. You'd have you know everything. Right. We'd all be watching it. I feel like we would all be watching it. That's what would be different is that everybody would just spend the 15 bucks to get minor league baseball TV, mm-hmm. and we would all watch every game, and we'd talk about it. It would be a huge event every day.
1: Yeah, uh, I wonder. I mean, I could see it being huge initially, but he played 127 games and hit two oh two, so I wonder whether after game 50 or <laughs> you know, after it becomes clear that, that he's not really going to be a great baseball player, uh, whether you continue to watch game after game as he just kinda goes over for four.
0: Yeah, possible.
1: Yeah. But, possible. but that's a good one. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Ben.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. Uh so yeah, send us uh send us your, your picks if you're listening and, and have a good one. Um and now you we, yeah. we should and
0: you're you're not you're not gonna you, so far all you've said is the Black Sox aren't good <laughs> and Ray Chapman. Yeah. You don't have anything else to contribute. Ray
1: Chapman was, was mine.
0: All right. Ray Chapman was yours. We should
1: topic. we should read we should read Andrews.
0: Yeah, that's of course. We will read Andrews. Uh, so let me navigate over to Andrews. Uh, Andrews top five, which is a good top five. Although um, it is a good top five. I think that number five is I, I don't think well, okay. Number five, Pete Rose bowling over Ray Fossey in the all-star game. Could be. Could be a hot take issue. Lot, there would probably be a lot of hot takes on that. Actually, now that I think about it, there would be a lot of hot takes about that.
1: Uh, so that's there, a good one. There must have been hot takes on Oh, yeah. I bet there I were mean, a ton of hot right. takes. Right. I don't know whether there'd be more. Uh, maybe.
0: You got, the I guess there'd takes be more just be... because
1: there are more people doing hot takes now, maybe. But right. I, I don't know. Well, if, but yeah.
0: when there's more people doing hot takes, the takes got to be hotter. Yes. So there would be – I think there would be a real uh, uh, hot take arms race. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Bill Buckner error. Number three, Pine Tar incident. Uh, um,
1: it seems like it would be about the same. I, don't...
0: I think yeah, you'd. I, I think the Pintar incident might be a lot less actually. I think that everybody would see the GIF and it would be uh, quickly moved past. Although you know, when the league, the league did make them replay the game, so it mm-hmm. did last or replay from that point. So it did last. You know, over the course of weeks, so maybe it, maybe that's a good one. Maybe that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babe Ruth's called shot would be very very big if you if there was actually debate about it. I mean, I'm assuming that there would be uh, 9,000 camera angles and there would be a lot less debate, but. Maybe not. Maybe it would be debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and number one is the hitting streak, which, yeah, I'm probably underrating the hitting streak. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm underrating the hitting streak because I wouldn't really want to talk about the hitting streak.
1: Yeah, there'd be a few people. Like, we'd probably do a downer podcast where we talk about how it's just hits and bloopers yeah. and what's the big deal. <laughs> so
0: it, Yeah, we'd do our tepid take <laughs>
1: episode. Yeah, uh, a lot of our takes are tepid. Um uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like we could have just made this an entire show. Um, let's let's do it. Yeah, and just no,
0: no, no. Let's we'll talk about the Nationals for five minutes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, all right. So the Nationals uh, kind of keep reaching new lows. Uh, when when the BP events were going on in Washington a couple of weeks ago, we were all kind of saying that. You know they they still looked like one of the most talented teams in baseball, and there was still time for things to turn around. Um, but it's been a couple weeks, and they've been bad since then, and and it's looking like it will be difficult, not impossible, but uh, difficult. And they certainly haven't taken any steps toward turning things around. They've fired their hitting coach. Uh, they've lost a bunch of games recently. Uh, they just lost to the Pirates, four to two. And they're now uh, nine games out in in the NL East. And I, uh, I've kind of been trying to figure out what the narrative will be if this is, you know, if this is their season, if they finish out of contention, um, how we will attempt to explain it or simplify it um, in the way that we often do. And we've... We've talked before about this for for other teams. Like, you know, maybe with the Angels, the narrative is that you spend too much on on over 30 players or something, or you don't have enough pitching, which was a concern for them before the season. Or maybe with the Blue Jays, it was, you know, going after risky injury guys or something like that. You could kind of generalize like that. Um, But the Nationals, it seems kind of... Kind of tough to to come up with one that is as compelling as those, in that pretty much every pundit before the season picked the Nationals to to win. Uh, a lot of people picked them to be the best team in baseball. They didn't really seem to have a lot of weaknesses. the 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 common thought process was that they were a great team last year, that upgraded over the winter, and you know got Denard Span and Soriano, and kind of. Uh, Improved at the margins here and there and would be even better and they were a young team that came into its own and and would get even better Um, so if that hasn't happened and it certainly hasn't happened yet, then What is the lesson that we take from it other than the general unpredictability of baseball? Uh, I mean the 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 pitching has been has been good Uh, the pitchers that we thought were good have been good it's really, the offense has been the worst, I mean, worse than, than any team but the Marlins and maybe the, the White Sox at this point. Is that true? I think so. If you Just looking at, at true, avid, true average, at least. Uh, wow. They, before, before Wednesday night's game, they ranked 28th in true average ahead of only Chicago and Miami, and then they scored two runs. Um, That's
0: incredible to me, because I mean, I still think of their lineup, and they have basically, Espinosa was a zero before he got sent down, mm -hmm. and Suzuki is not good, and span has been below average, but the rest of their lineup is actually produced, for the most part, right? I mean...
1: Well, I mean, Harper's been good, and uh, Zimmerman has been been decent, and... and Desmond's been been good. good. Yeah. Um, LaRoche has been okay. It's really... Yeah, it's Espinosa being horrible, and...
0: And he's been gone for a month and a half, and Rendon's been good. And
1: it's and it's really the like the bench has been awful. Uh, like Lombardosi, Bernardina, Tyler Moore when he was around, Chad Tracy, uh, yeah. guys who were all really good last year uh, yeah. have been just terrible this year. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't like I've I've heard some people kind of talk about like the hubris of, of last season you know, resting Strasbourg uh, shutting down Strasbourg with the the belief that they would just be contenders uh, every year for a while, and they didn't necessarily need to to win last year uh, because they were set up so well, and so maybe people are kind of retroactively talking about that a bit more. But but like from a team construction standpoint, it's kind of hard to see where they went wrong. I, I, like they were a team that that it seemed like needed so little offensive help. Not that they were gonna have an overpowering offense or anything, but like they traded Mike Morse because like they just didn't really <laughs> didn't really need another hitter. They just got of mm-hmm. he was just sort of a, a spare part uh that as it as it turned out, I guess, would have been sort of useful, maybe. Um so I don't I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what to uh it seems like we've been wrong about the Nationals or as wrong about the Nationals as we have for for any team recently, and I have a hard time coming up with a, a narrative to explain it.
0: It, yeah, uh, this somebody should write about their bench because I mean, if you if you look at their starting eight, if you include Rendon as the second baseman instead of Espinosa, and Rendon has more plate appearances, then you have six guys who have OPS pluses over a hundred, um, and most of them fairly well over a hundred, and then you know two guys who are below, but not all that far below. And yet they are also 27th in OPS plus. So yeah. it's not a metric issue. They really are getting a, like insanely bad performances from guys who have had to play quite a bit Lombardozzi and Bernardina and, mm-hmm. and more. Um, I, I guess, uh, do you remember what the playoff odds were? I, I vaguely recall that Pocota was a little
1: before, season? Yeah, before uh, the
0: season. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I think Pukota projected them for something like eighty-seven wins or something pretty conservative, eighty-nine maybe, um, which they could still pretty easily get yeah, to. They could get there, um, but I guess, even that was a lot lower than what most people were picking them to do.
0: I'm trying to think of what it was that lodged this in my head, but um, somebody made a reference. Cheese, I forget what it was. To I don't know. It might have been to the Pirates or something like that. Um, and uh, like it was, they, they said something like, well, you know, like they learned the lesson from the nationals that being young doesn't mean that you have plenty of time. And I would say that if I, I mean, the, the simplest narrative, which maybe, I don't know, I, I would want to think more about this, but um, just this idea that if you're young I think people think, oh, if you're young, you're going to get better. Everybody thinks if you're young, you're going to get better. And in fact, if you're young, you're, you know, hoping to maintain the gains you've made. And if you've played really well recently, whether you're young or old, if you've played really well recently, there's probably, you know, some possibility for regression. So I would say that the Nationals um, narrative would probably just be the plexiglass principle, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they won like 30 more games than they won the previous year. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really hard to maintain that. I mean, there's a lot of. I guess they didn't win 30, they won 18 more games. Um, it's hard to maintain that, even if you think that it's all true talent and you look around and you say, We got young guys and they're coming into their own. Um, in fact, it's uh, pretty easy to slide back. I mean, I don't think that they're probably a true talent 80 win team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just because you win 98 and you're young doesn't mean you're. You're, you know, it's all bright days ahead of you. So mm-hmm. maybe, if anything, the it should be, you know, like seize the day mm-hmm. and do whatever you have to do this year because it's all you've been given. It's all you've, it's all you've got, guaranteed.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, I was just thinking with the first topic that a lot of uh, a lot of stories would be would be much smaller than they were at the time now, um, just because of uh, things that that were controversial that just wouldn't be now because we have so much information and so much replay and all those things. Um, like, I don't know, like Jackie Robinson stealing home against Yogi Berra and Yogi Berra maintaining until this day that, that he was out. Uh, and there's that famous picture of him sliding in and there, that whole kind of mystique around that play. Uh, we would have like 10, 10 ultra slow angles of that. And we would know whether he was safe or out. And that would be that um, it's
0: true. And, and also I think that just in general, uh, well, a lot of things, um, I think a lot of things have, have lasted for a century. Partly because you don't see them. You only hear them described. You have names for them, like, you know, Merkel's boner. Yeah, that's exactly
1: like, what I was just going to say. You haven't, you, yeah.
0: have you know, that all you know about it is that, like, you know the phrase Merkel's boner for years before you actually know what it was, mm-hmm. and then you never actually get to see it. So mm-hmm. if you saw a gif of it on, you know, John Boyce's, like, gif of the week, mm-hmm. you'd kind of just move on after that. And not only that, but um, you would, like, there were, there were thousands of interesting things happening, Alongside Merkel's boner that just didn't get recorded, and now every single thing gets recorded, and so there's just not that much oxygen for for one play or even one game or really you know even one storyline. There's just not that much much oxygen for anything. So uh, you really need to have the I think the keys for a a, a hot take story these days are you need to have uh, you need to have some sort of divide between the uh, internet writers and the Maybe newspaper writers or something along those lines, where people are going to just fight. You need you need to have a thing where they're going to fight. And I think what's a lot of what's driven the Ryan Braun stuff is that a lot of people I follow think ah steroids aren't that big a deal. You know the the leagues the leagues jerks for doing all this, and you know they don't make you better and all these things that are you know I'm not saying they're right or they're wrong, but they're. You know, they they would be considered controversial in you know mainstream articles, and so you have this like perfect conflict between writers, and that's where you need the conflict to be. You need to have writers yelling at each other and mm-hmm. and insulting each other. And A. Rod, it's not quite as much, but I feel like there was a period for a number of years where uh, during the fire, Joe Morgan years. Where it was almost like it, it felt like the morally right thing to be on A-Rod's side because everybody yeah. was bad-mouthing him mm-hmm. and, and and like uh, holding Jeter up as like some yeah. Jesus Christ figure. And so I think there's still a little bit of lingering uh, sympathy for A-Rod that he's like always getting just completely crapped on mm-hmm. uh and, you know, now it seems like every day it becomes clear that he deserves to be crapped on. But um, I don't know. I, I think that there's still some of that like, oh, look at, look at those mainstream guys. There they go again mm-hmm. on A-Rod mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. All right.
1: That's enough. Uh, we'll be back with one more show for Friday.